Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. Today you're in for a treat. I am having a conversation with a very inspirational survivor of domestic abuse. Her name is Tennille Lawrence and Tennille is a mother of four. So seven years ago, just to put it in a nutshell, seven years ago, she filed for bankruptcy after leaving a domestic violence relationship. So that inspired her to set up a hair salon from home. So she started from very humble beginnings, seeing um, clients at night, which, you know, her she was able to do because her parents were there and supported her in uh, enabling her to do that. So she did that so that she could make a dent on those debts that she had accumulated through that financial abuse. And um, that then snowballed, this humble beginning then snowballed into what is has opened up for her as being her own hairdressing um, salon business, which is in Brisbane. So um, she is doing some amazing things in really helping to make the hairdressing industry and hairdressing salons a safe space for women who have been impacted by some form of abuse. So we have just such an amazing conversation about this because this is just such an obvious, wonderful way in which um, women can receive the support that they need. So please tune in. Tanil is absolutely amazing. And yeah, let's open the door now on today's episode. Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello to Neil and a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast and being a guest today. 
Oh, thank you so much, Danny. Thanks for having me. So I am really looking forward to this conversation that we're about to embark on because I love having conversations with other women who have come out the other side of an abusive relationship and I respect women for wherever they are on their journey after that because one of the things is that um, you know we need to show each other a, a tremendous amount of compassion because some women never recover from abusive relationships and Absolutely. quite understandably because the traumas can be so big that it and impactful that it can really hold women back on ever wanting to take any real risks in their lives again um so yet the defenses go up and you know they'd rather sort of keep their lives small because doing anything more is too scary absolutely so I know that you have actually pushed past that fear and you've created something quite lovely so um can you please just let us know a bit about you Tanil, about some of the journey that you've been on and what it is that you're doing in your life now um so I came from an abusive relationship and uh that was about uh it started about 10 years ago now and uh, I had come out of a marriage and um, was quite vulnerable and had met someone pretty much straight away. And um, I've thought, of course, thought this new person was amazing and um, everything happened so very quickly. Um, I got so caught up in it and um, it, all, it all was a bit of a whirlwind. And I was in that relationship for almost four years and got trapped in there very quickly. And um, it was probably one of the most horrible and toughest times of my life. And um, before that, I was quite a strong person and um, I never thought I would, like the token cliche, never thought I would ever become that person, but um, I became that person. And uh, and uh, I, I got trapped and uh, it was a, a domestic violence relationship. and. I, I led a life for four years where I, I didn't tell any of my friends. I, um, I had financial abuse. I end up filing for bankruptcy. Uh, like I said, it was filled with domestic violence. I already had two children from a prior relationship. During that time, I had another child with my partner. Um, I tried to leave so many times, but um, I, I couldn't. I didn't have the strength to go, which to myself was quite shocking because I was such a strong person and I was known for being such a strong person. But that person I was in a relationship just had so much control over me that I was just, I was just so terrified to go. Um, so I stayed for so long. Um, I stayed pretty much to the point where it took the police to put a protection order on me. Um, and that was the final straw. They were pretty much like, hey, you're going. Um, and that that was it. I finally got away and I struggled for a, a year after that. I was still in contact with my ex-partner. He was still trying to control me. He had um, moved on to a new partner 
and was still doing the back and forth with me, even though he had a new partner, was still trying to come back and was we had a child together. So he was still trying to control me, was still trying to play with my emotions and was still doing my head in. And um, it took a really long time for me to get over that. And um, I ended up seeing a psychologist and finally breaking myself away from the patterns and, and realizing myself, realizing within myself what I was doing and what it was doing with my own head. And, and I had two children and I, I have girls, I had three girls. And to seeing the example that I was telling my daughters, I was like, hey, this isn't okay. I would never want my girls to grow up thinking that this is this is the kind of behavior that I was accepting. And um, one day I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm so done. And um, I worked up the courage and that was it. I was done. And um, I reclaimed my life. It took a lot of healing and um, I moved on. And it was time to pick up my pieces. Like I said, I had to file for bankruptcy because my partner had left me in such financial um, turmoil, mess. a yeah. mess, an absolute mess. I borrowed money off my parents. Um, I moved pretty much back home with my parents or around the corner from my parents. And um, I was ended up working out of my garage. I'm a hairdresser by trade. And although I had a day job, I was working as a hairdresser, training other hairdressers. I had to somehow get some money back to be able to pay the, this debt off that he'd left me in. And um, still to, to this day, he denies all of this, like a true narcissist. True narcissist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he denies any of this happenings. Um, and so I ended up working out of my garage that my parents had so kindly paid to renovate for me so I could just do a couple of clients at night and it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And when my kids are in bed, my mum would come down and mind the children for me and I'd do a couple of clients at nighttime. And that one little piece of doing hair in the garage ended up turning into a big salon for me and I ended up having to move out of my garage to a salon. And now that salon has turned into four salons. And so- wow. Um, I now have um, four hair salons. I employ 30 staff, I think 29 to 30. Wow. <laughs> um, and something I'm very proud of is that we are a salon that supports women who are affected by domestic violence. Oh. Yeah, it's very close to my heart now. And being that we employ mainly women, we do employ some men that are, we are the first hair salon in Australia to be undertaking uh, white ribbon accreditation to be able to support women in domestic violence um oh, that's amazing yeah and we are a safe zone we provide uh, a safe haven we we are open every night of the week and we do have women that turn up with their children at our salon and it's it's we wanted to be able to have the tools to say hey like here's a shelter how can we support you how can we help you and um that's amazing absolutely amazing I think uh you've just touched on something hairdressers are like counsellors absolutely it's it's like nothing else you you know as soon as you sit down in the chair with your hairdresser you just open up and it's it's a real conversation I don't know there's like this instantaneous rapport or trust that you have with your hairdresser that just allows you to talk freely about your personal stuff that you wouldn't sharing with other people it's just yeah that's it's so true it's um I think it's a sense of being vulnerable like 
someone's in my chair, they're vulnerable. Half the time I knew more about my clients than their own husband did or their family did. And um, they would share things with me before. And I didn't, I, you know, I was saying someone the other day when I went to college to be a hairdresser, they taught me how to hold a pair of scissors and they taught me how to sweep the floor, but they never taught me how to help someone who said to me, I'm being abused at home or my husband's using financial abuse towards me. And they never taught me how to be able to help a woman um and so that's something I'm instilled in my my staff how do I help these women like when they're coming into my chair and saying hey my husband my husband is doing this to me how can how can we support them how can we help them um we actually have a fantastic tell me about the yeah just I just want to hear everything I work because it just it's like this is the way to help women women you know, often don't know where to turn to for support and they can't, you know, they, they can't just go to the police because more often than not, the um, perpetrator of the abuse is also stalking them, yes. which means they're keeping keeping tabs on them. And so they don't have, you know, the freedom to go anywhere without their abusive partner knowing that they're getting support but if you know if the support is there for women in places like shopping centers in places like hair salons and you know beauty salons and you know where they do nails as well those sorts of places and if those people are trained up in those places to know how to respond and refer women to the appropriate supports for whatever is going on with them my god how much of a change is possible it's just it makes sense doesn't it phenomenal we have a um we have a sign on the back of our toilet door and it's 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 really just it's opening up the conversation and it's it's just a it's a checklist and it says is your partner you know is your partner using your children as you know um, you know, are you experiencing coercive control? Is your partner using stalking or intimidation? And you'd be surprised just by having that one little sign on the back of the toilet door, how many women have come in and said, I just read your sign on the back of the door. And oh my gosh, um, all of those things that that's, ex- I'm experiencing that at home. What can I do? How can you, can you refer me to someone or how, how can I stop that happening? It's just that, and it's, it's, I think domestic violence is one of those things. And I experienced this myself. I was so ashamed and so embarrassed that I didn't tell any of my friends. Yeah. I couldn't have that conversation with my girlfriends having a cup of coffee and say, hey, I, my partner's just beaten me last night. I, I was so ashamed that it was my fault. There was something wrong with me that that was happening. And um, something because we don't That's the about. way they make you feel. They made me feel that it was my, yeah. he made me feel like it was my fault. Um. And um, he he also made me feel like I was crazy. Every time he hit me, he yeah. would then deny hitting me. So it made me think, oh my god, am I going crazy? Which I now understand is one of is one of gaslighting, absolutely yeah. gaslighting. Yeah. Um, and he still does it to this day. He denies yeah. doing it. And I was like, I was in a hospital. I was in a hospital. You put me yeah. in a hospital. Um, this is so common. So, so common, common for women to be second guessing themselves to be made to feel as though they're going crazy because their partner is trying to manipulate, you know, their minds to make them think that what they believe is true isn't true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just terrible. Yeah. And, and so, um, 
Yeah, it's just, it's like I said, it's just amazing just having that sign on the door, how many yeah. conversations that has sparked. And and I often think to myself, how many women has that saved? How many yeah. women has that helped just by just having that one little sign up there? Yeah. That's and even in my own business, like I, like I said, I employ mainly women and um, how many how many conversations I've had at work with people who've worked with me have said, hey, T, like this is happening at home. This is not all right. What can I do? Can you yeah. come with me to the police? Can you can you help me? Can you, can you, can you refer me? Can we go to, can we call DV Connect? Can we, how can we, how can we sort this out? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. You have been so proactive coming out of this situation and using, you know, your experience and the knowledge that you've gained from your experience to, in a really empowered way, that's really helping women on a practical level. Um, one of the, you know, the biggest things for women is not knowing where to turn to Absolutely. for help. Um, you just talked about it yourself. You didn't talk to your friends about what was going on. It's not the sort of thing that you can talk to friends or family about and expect them to be able to offer you the right advice on what to do and why don't we why don't we share it there's this shame associated with what we we've gone through and we've got that sense that somehow we're responsible of course for it's it. taboo isn't it like it's taboo why why is it why is it to why is it taboo right it's not it wasn't my fault that's exactly right yeah but we're sort of we're we're tarred with the same brush, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. just just because we're there and we made that choice of being in a relationship with someone who was abusive. Absolutely. Yep. And you know what? It, it, I guarantee it wasn't that person's first time they were abusive, yeah. and it would not be that person's last time they are abusive. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like the red flags were there for me in the very beginning, but um, I chose to ignore them. 100%. Because I didn't see the danger in them at the time. But the types of things that he um, perpetrated on me were things that I already saw glimpses of with the way that he treated other people. And I don't know why, but I thought that it would be different for me, that he'd have another set of values for me because he said he loved me yes and it just it, it wasn't you know <laughs> uh, absolutely he I, was who he was <laughs> they are they are I think these type of people are the best manipulators they um when I met my the my said partner at the time he was actually married and I had absolutely no idea he was living a double life oh, wow absolutely no idea um, and like I had just come out of a marriage myself. And like I said, I was so vulnerable and I look back now and I consider myself a smart person. And I was, I think to myself, what were you thinking? Like, I know you talk about the signs and I'll, I'm happy to mention some of the signs that. Yeah. Oh, I think I it's really good to talk yeah. about them. Yeah. One of the signs that my partner did at the time, um, he had a thing about, he used to call women whores all the time and women were whores. And he had a thing he said to me, um, I, I love you because you're not a whore. And he said, I'd never want you to wear 
red lipstick. Red, red lipstick was a big no. And wearing G-strings was a big no. And wearing leopard print was a big no. And they were the things that were whole things to do. So for the whole four years we were together, I never did those things. And I think to myself, why? Mm. Like that's so crazy. Um, a whole a whole host of things. He never, I remember when I fell pregnant, um, I, I said I was never mentioned on any social media. No one even knew who I was. And when, when I fell pregnant, I said, can you please announce that we're having a child? And I remember looking on his social media and people were like, who with? And by that stage, we had been together for some considerable amount of time, but it's because he had so many other women on the go, which of course, yeah, I knew. I knew in the back of my head, but, um, you know, the signs were always there. And I guess I was so jaded and so clouded and I was so vulnerable and so in love or so I thought that I pushed them all to the side. Um, so I hit, similar. Yeah, so similar. He hit me first when I was pregnant with my daughter. And wow. remember the first time he hit me, I was so shocked because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And I'd come from a marriage where my husband had never laid a hand on me. So I was in so much shock that that had happened. And I think the first time a man hits you, they do their best at groveling. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I've never done that before. And I'll never do that again. And I'm not sure what came over me and it convinced me to stay. And from then on, it just got gradually worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And the last time was probably the worst. Um, he ended up throwing me through a wall until I was unconscious with my baby upstairs asleep in the cot. And, oh my God. Um, like I said, still to this day, denies it, gaslights me every time, has never once apologized and is now married to someone else. And my heart goes out to that person because I think, are you going through what I have? Um, are you going through what I'm going through, went through? Are you not telling your friends? Yeah. It breaks my heart. Yeah. <sighs> what happens after, you know, and um, and seeing that person then, go on to have a relationship with someone else it is a really really tough spot to be to because you're quite sort of powerless to let them see you know like put up the warning signs and and say you know watch out for this guy you know he's I not did. He's not who he, he makes out to be. Yeah. You said exactly what I said. I said he's not who who you yeah. think he is. But, you know, the same things I guess that someone would have said to me, I wouldn't have believed it. I, yeah. would have, I wouldn't have listened. I would have said, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. No, yeah. like that. I think you believe what you want to believe, right? When you're yeah. so jaded and so in love, you believe what you want to believe. Yeah, my, uh, I remember, you know, a really, really good friend of mine at the beginning of that relationship, she saw that the relationship was uh, blossoming and um, and she said to me, are you sure? Are you sure about this guy? You know, I just think that, you know, he spells danger to me. <laughs> Your friends always know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> My friends said the same. They were like, oh, no, he's bad news. And I was like, no, he's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think your friends always have that sixth sense, don't you? Yeah. They, and yeah. they're the people that you can't tell when they, when, 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 pardon me, when shit's going down and, and he's attacking you, they're the friends that you're too proud to say, you guys were right. right. Yeah. He's hitting me. He's, yeah. he's attacking me. Yeah. But they were the friends that when, who did find out, they were like, T, why didn't you say something to us? Yeah. Like, 
why did you suffer? Why didn't you tell us? And I was, I was like, I just couldn't tell you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I bet there's so many reasons that, that we don't share what's going on. And, you know, there's a very big part of that is self-preservation yeah. um, because you just instinctively know that as soon as you involve anybody else in what's going on, that it's potentially going to make things escalate for you. It's yeah. going gonna, it's gonna to be a trigger. And you know, you know how easily triggered that person is. And you don't want to do anything that's going to trigger that person because you're not in control of that person. You're not in control of the outcome of that. And it's playing with fire. You know that you're playing with fire. And oh, you know right. anytime you're in list support, that you know that's going to increase the risks for you so it's a really important thing to talk about to talk about um, the risks and it is a real consideration and that's why you know my number one message to women is to put their safety first so it's Absolutely. it's not always physical abuse and this is you know physical abuse it's black and white you can clearly say that constitutes abuse that's violent mm -hmm. behavior it's not on it's not right and you know um the, the police should be you know playing some part and holding that person accountable for what they've done absolutely case closed you know <laughs> we can say that with certainty but there's all the other things you talked about, the financial abuse, there's the, you know, psychological abuse that goes on. And, and that stuff, we don't know that it's within our rights to be seeking support with that sort of stuff. It's, it, okay. you know, the financial abuse, it's just like this has just gone out of control and, um, and I've just got to try and protect myself the best I can from things going from bad to worse. But you don't know that you have the potential to hold that person legally accountable for that being a form of abuse. So yes. it's, it's really good to talk about the different types of abuse, the red flags, talk about things like the real fear considerations that hold women back and that being the reason that they need to tap into the appropriate support because the risks are high, the challenges are complex, and to try and navigate that all on your own is biting off more than we can chew most of the time. So I'm not saying all of the time. Sometimes women can successfully, you know, like close the door on that person and separate themselves from that person, distance mm -hmm. themselves safely from that person and start picking up the pieces of their life again and carry on. Yeah. But it's not always that clear cut. Um, sometimes like you in your situation, Tanil, where he was still in the picture um, coercing he's, he's you still, after. He's still in the picture. For, yep. you know, it's been, I can't even think, six, six years later or however long later, he's still my daughter's father. He's still in my life day to day and it it, it takes it's take it takes a very long time and I've been to a psychologist for a long time to be able to heal from that but yeah yeah like you said it's not as it's not clean cut they will always be a part of your life and it takes a long time to be able to heal yourself from from that and it is hard to get away it is yeah yep. yeah but you've done an amazing job um 
how does he feel about um, what you're doing? Does he have an, any knowledge of that, or is that you know a, a quite you've managed to keep that quite separate from him? I'm sure he knows. I'm yeah. 100% sure he knows. He has never acknowledged it. He has never acknowledged anything. Yeah. And that to me is a sign of guilt. It's a mm -hmm. sign of guilt. He knows. He knows what he did to me and he knows uh, he knows. He will never acknowledge it because I think that's a sign of admission, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Yeah. That yeah. is. Uh, it's, uh, it's safe know what, to stay I, in the land of denial. It's exactly right. And yeah. um and uh, this is my way of saying, that, you know, part of my French. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy now. I'm the happiest I've ever been, and I made it. Like I I, you might have tormented me for a long time, but I made it out the other side, and um, I've managed to raise the most well-rounded little girl that we had together. And she's the strongest. And I've got children. I've got girls, and they are the strongest girls. And um, being a positive role model to them and, and letting them know that that kind of behavior is not okay. Yeah. It's not okay to settle for that. Yeah. It's really empowering to me. And that was something that I will really stand my ground for. Yeah. Um, I really loved that you made that connection with your daughters to, to in that way of positive role modeling to say, if I wouldn't stand by and see my daughters go through this, you know, oh. um, then why am I allowing that for myself? Gosh, to, to, to the heartbreak for me would be for them to grow up and choose a man based on what I had chosen. Like how heartbreaking as a mother would that would be because yeah. they had based choosing a husband or choosing a partner on what I had chosen. I'd feel like I had failed as a mother. Like what have I what have I what have I taught you? I, I, it's my job as a mother to say, hey, this is not okay. This is yeah. not normal. This is not how a, a partner should be treating you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the more that um, we understand how important it is to uh, learn our limitations, to uh, create those healthy boundaries around ourselves, to be able to communicate that with the people in our lives so that we're very clear and we're like this is it this is the line you know and if you love and respect me then you're not gonna you know go past that line so um yeah the more I think our children learn those skills to learn to value themselves and value themselves enough to create healthy boundaries because we don't get taught that stuff you know no. it's not spelt out when we're when we're growing up about you know what's a healthy boundary what do you mean boundary you know yeah. like shouldn't people just know how to love honor and respect each other when they go into relationships but just because that's the way you are, that doesn't mean that everyone is like that. So um, that is why it's just so important for us to understand that need for us to have those healthy boundaries in place and and be able to talk about them, you know, and not expect that other person to just automatically understand that I don't know whether you've repartnered or not but I've I've repartnered and 
Um, and, you know, my new relationship is really wonderful, but it doesn't mean that it's been 100% perfect. Um, and it means that I've had to learn how to communicate my boundaries with my now husband and also to let him know, be able to communicate about what my triggers are. So those things that I'm still healing from. And because I think, you know, we it's not um, like this instantaneous thing that happens with healing that we're like, that's it, I'm done. I'm good you know? now. Yeah. Yeah. Something will happen and it'll trigger something in us and that'll, you know, just highlight that thing that we need to give some attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. I and so it's a, it's a lifelong thing, isn't it? It's it not is a that... lifelong thing. It is. Yeah. It is. And it's been really good like it, that I've been able to talk to my now husband about things when they happen and for him to understand where those insecurities are stemming from in me that that's just still a part of me that is healing and I'm coming along and getting stronger and and stronger you know by the day and one of the ways in which I'm becoming stronger is being able to talk about those things when it's not it's not easy you know and it's easy yeah yeah, it's it's painful to bring up things from the past as well. You know, it's not like you said; it's not easy to talk about things that have hurt you. But yeah. um, putting boundaries in place with a new partner is something as well. And them un- and having good partners, them understanding why you're doing it as well. Like I'm doing this because this is triggering for me, or I'm doing this because I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. A good partner will understand that. And it, I think, as well, having a new partner. It's very hard at the start when a new partner starts treating you right because you're almost skeptical. You're like, well, yeah. why are you so good to me? Is there a motive behind this? Because you're constantly used to that total manipulation or yes. you're being really nice to me. Um, one of the things my ex-partner was so good at was manipulation. So he was so loving and he'd love bomb me all the time. And then he would attack me. And then for four days afterwards, he would love bomb me. I'd be getting roses. I'd be getting these beautiful love letters and he would totally disregard from the fact that he had just attacked me. So it was such a confusing time for me. So when new partner or my new partner had done that for me, I was so confused. It'd be almost, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. it was tainted by was your tainted. past experiences. Exactly. Yeah. So that was hard yeah. for my new partner to get and like to understand. I'd, I'd be almost dubious, like, yeah untrusting yeah 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 Yeah. and no I completely relate to that and I think that um time is the thing that you need because you need to be able to gain that evidence you know that they're consistent in what they're doing and that that manipulation isn't part of you know, their signs of affection towards you. It's only time that's going to show you because you just can't, you can't be expected to just accept everything because that's what got us into trouble in the first place is because we were so open and accepting and, you know, and now it's like, just give me time you know like let me see that this is a this is a lifelong thing this isn't just that's it yeah yeah Uh, absolutely yeah yeah so I'm loving this conversation it's been so good and I see so much scope to Neil for what you're doing to 
um, just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. There's so much room for growth. It's I incredible. So. Yeah, do so. you do you see that and feel that too? Yeah, I do. I can't understand like why no one hasn't done this before. For me, like a business as a business owner who I have. 400 women through my doors every week I can't understand why no one hasn't done this before I don't know either I'm like why in the world that we live in today with everything that's happening why hasn't anyone else done this before why am I the first hair salon in Australia to be white um, to be white ribbon accredited and it takes a long time to do it it's a two-year process I get that and it's it's quite expensive to do it I get that why why am I the first person to do it why why aren't we taught this in you know, in a trade or in any yeah. any profession, why why aren't I taught a module of how to deal with women or, or how to deal with women in crisis or, or any or a man in crisis, not even just women? You know, I can't understand why it hasn't happened before. Well, watch this space, Tanil, because I think um, it might be something that you and I might be able to collaborate on too. But yeah, we can, we I love can that. continue that conversation because I'm just. Um, I'm doing my cert for and training and assessment at the moment. And the purpose of that is to be able to train in the area of domestic violence. So I agree with you 100%. I really think that there should be a skill set or a module, you know, that is in the curriculum when it comes to um, qualifications for hairdressers and other industries to be able to provide the right supports there for domestic um, violence I have my cert for in training and assessment I was I was teaching hairdressing for a while and I think back on the some of the most stupid things I taught to students that were totally irrelevant that I never have used since but then if I put a module on dealing with women in crisis or dealing with that would have been so much more beneficial yeah absolutely absolutely I don't know the universe works in um, mysterious ways yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it's been absolutely wonderful um is there anything else uh you know parting message that you'd like to leave for the listeners um I love, I could say anything, I would say you are a lot stronger than you think you really are. Like we have so much strength inside us that on the days when I thought I had nothing left, I was actually so much stronger than I thought I was. And when I finally got out of that relationship, I realized you were strong. Like how, how did you put up with that for so long? And now that I'm out of it and I've been out of it for so long, I look back now and I go, why did you put up with that for? Like you are so much better than that. That person will stay in that pattern and he will stay in that pattern for the rest of his life. He will continue the same pattern in the same relationships for the rest of his life. My life only got better. Yeah. My life went like this. Yeah. His life went like this. Yeah. Um, and it was all because finally I had the courage it, and if it wasn't for that police officer that day saying to me it's past that now it, it's and I, I remember him saying I was like I'm not going to charge him I'm not going to charge him I was so terrified and he said it's not it's it's past that now we're charging him yeah. and um, they put a protection order on me like I said and it was literally if he had not done that that day I'd still be in that relationship. So I'm so, so forever grateful that that happened. And like you said, the, the, the world works and the, the universe works in mysterious ways. And 
Um, I'm so glad that happened to me because it was just that little push yeah. that I needed to say this isn't okay. Yeah. And um, and like I said, my life only got better. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And at the time I look back and I had nothing. I had no money. I had nowhere to live. My kids had nothing. Um, but I didn't care because I was happy. Yeah. And you can't put a price. It's so cliche, but you cannot put a price on happiness. And although it took such a long time for me to heal and there's still times now I'm still healing from it. I'm not sad anymore. Yeah. I'm not sad anymore and I'm not frightened anymore. And to live not frightened anymore and to wake up in my own home and not be frightened anymore is the, the most amazing feeling. It's priceless. Yeah. I'm, I'm not scared. Yeah. I don't sleep with a knife by my bed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. <sighs> amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Um, would you like to share any links for any listeners to get in contact with you? That's entirely up to you. Yeah, I mean, totally. Um, my Instagram, I'm always open. My DMs are always open. If anyone wants to just have a chat or ask questions, like, please, or just, just have someone to talk to. The amount of times have a stranger to talk to, just have someone to listen to me. The amount of times I would have just love just to have a stranger just to listen to me if it wasn't my friends because I was too ashamed not that you ever need to be ashamed my Instagram is just t-e-e is for send me a dm I've got insomnia I never sleep I'll always write back um, and my salon is little birdie Hairco. if you have ever got nowhere to go with your children come down we're open every single night just about turn up there with your kids there's always women there. We will find you somewhere to go. We will help you. Like we're all women. We all have kids. That's what we're there for. No, oh, that is absolutely inspirational. Thanks so much, Tanil. For Anytime. the final question, because this podcast is called the Tiara's Tears <laughs> and Triumphs podcast. What does that title mean to you as a woman? The tears, the try, the tears, the tiaras and the triumphs. There's certainly been a lot of tears uh i don't know if there's been many tiara moments but the triumph I think you've moment, got your tiara on right now <laughs> that's, just, that's just my light on my head uh the triumph moment is the triumph moment for me is um living in a happy home living in a happy home now um and raising well-rounded children and not being scared anymore i'm not scared fantastic i'm happy i'm so happy that's and, uh, awesome. and getting to live my life the way that I wanted with no one telling me otherwise. Yeah. 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 You're rocking it, Neil. You really Thank are. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light 
shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.